Sometimes the fellas gotta cook for their ladies. Hey, hey, everybody. It is Garrett Anderson live at you for Thursday, February 22nd. February. February. That's one of those words that you say, but uh, it's spelled not like how you say it. Does anybody say February? That's one of that and Wednesday. Wednesday. Those are two words that you, before you try to spell them, you have to think them in your head like the way it's spelled. Wednesday. Hi. Okay. Well, I'll meet you guys on Wednesday. Okay. No, 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 Tuesday's no good for me, and, uh, you know, we need to get it done by Thursday, so let's meet on Wednesday, February, <laughs> February. I, that's one of those words where I try to say it the way it's spelled. It makes me feel like I have a speech impediment. Um, so, yeah, a few administrative housekeeping items to borrow uh, sort of the structure and the phraseology of Sam Harris, the Waking Up podcast. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that podcast. He typically starts his podcast with a little housekeeping. And uh, for me, it's an opportunity to tell you about, I've got an upcoming gig on Saturday, February 24th um, at the Phoenix. Phoenix? I just put Phoenix and Vegan together because I was looking at the little promotional um, flyer handout thing that they have here. The Phoenix Vegan Food Festival on February 24th, 2018 at Margaret T. Hance Park in uh, in Phoenix, which is where I got to go see the McDowell Mountain Music Festival last year when I uh, realized that I don't like how much button pushing there is in live music these days with people playing backing tracks. Me and my buddy Darren got to go do that. Shout out to Darren. Hope he's doing great in Michigan. He's got another baby now, so he's got two kids and his hands are full. And uh, every once in a while, I'll just tease him that my daughters are grown up and and out of diapers, so uh, it's his turn in the trenches, as my dad would say to me. So yeah, um, I play early, 10 a.m. to 11. If uh, if you're local and you hear this in time and you want a discount on a a ticket, let me know. I've got some promotional codes to give away. Um, That's one of the perks of being one of the performers. Um, They did a really nice job. They sent me a whole packet of stuff including like a nice little badge for the performer that I can wear on a lanyard during the event so that uh, they they know that I'm allowed to be back backstage and stuff. So it's going to feel cool. It's like a really well put together event and I'm honored to be invited. Um, a little more on that uh, in, in a few minutes. Um, what else is going on? I had a gig last night and I streamed my second set. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it. I wasn't sure if I was going to pull the trigger on it and hit the record button. But uh, I was having a nice night. I thought the sound was pretty good and, and I was feeling feeling pretty groovy. Um, it was at Wild Vines and uh, the crowd was a little thin. So I, I knew if I, if I streamed it, it would be pretty decent audio quality. You know, not too many people chattering. Um, and uh, as a way to share it with long distance folks so they can see what my live performance has uh, kind of evolved into. So you'll, uh, you're welcome to go check that out. Posted it on my uh, Facebook page, uh, Garrett Anderson Music on Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, just a little free content and, and a little taste of uh, the live music experience that, that I put on. Um, I played a bunch of songs. Um, I started with my song, uh, One Night at a Time. 
and uh, um, what else did I play? Wild Love, played Doobie Brothers Blackwater. I dusted off a really old song called So Close, which uh, I wrote with my band Old King Cole from back in like my high school days. So that was fun to dust that one off. I, I dug way back in the archives for that one. And uh, I really enjoyed jamming on that. I ended up being like a seven or eight minute long version of that. Um, it's funny, back when I was playing that, I, I didn't play any lead guitar. I was only a rhythm guitarist and I had my bandmates playing lead. Um, so it was kind of fun for me to get to jam over that progression. Got a little loop going. But uh, yeah, check that out. A couple covers in there too. Um, Scars to Your Beautiful by Alyssa Cara. Really sweet song, um, currently kind of all over the pop radio stations. Um, really nice sentiment about, you know, girls and women being beautiful just the way they are and not living up to an image. So I dedicated that to my daughters and put me in a nice little frame of mind to try to sing it and, and do the best I could. So, uh, so yeah, check out that. Um, I've also just sort of done a little tidying up on my website, uh, garrettandersonmusic.com. I put the blog back on there. I had taken it off because it was the landing page and um, it had gotten a little stale. And um, I was like, you know, that's not really the, the first thing that somebody needs to see when they navigate to, to garrettandersonmusic.com. So I hid it for a while, just sort of saved it as draft or made it unpublished. Um, uh, I do all my website maintenance myself. So uh, sometimes I have to Google to figure out how to do things on the website. But uh, so I went through there and I, I took off a bunch of the just gig announcements on the blog. But I left a lot of the you know links to videos or links to old um, old shows and just some of the content that I was trying to put out there to, um, you know, have some surface area of the the Garrett Anderson music experience and give folks a lot to sink their teeth into. So um, I did put that back up there. You have to navigate to it. Uh, the landing page is now my short bio, um, which just, uh, you know, describes me as a toe-tapping, soul-folk and groove performer. Um, I, uh, I wrote, and, you know, I'd be curious to see if people agree with this. Uh, I, I wrote uh, a mix of Paul Simon and John Mayer with a side with a hint of jam or something like that. So uh, those are, you know, two musicians that I look up to. And I didn't want to like put the nail too firmly square on the head and say, you know, the, the musical love child of, um, of a guy that loved, you know, learned guitar because of Dave Matthews band and uh, emulates the, you know, the, the broad, powerful solo experience of Martin Sexton, um, but also attended, you know, tens upon tens of jam shows, fish shows and Humphreys McGee. That would be the, the nail on the head description. So I kind of zoomed out a little bit and tried to pick two names that I thought people would recognize. Um, I get, uh, I get, a, I get a fair amount of, Hey, you know, you kind of got that John Mayer vibe. And, uh, for a while I, I didn't love that comparison. But um, I've grown to be at peace with it, um, you know, and, and I've grown to really appreciate that guy as a musician. Um, I hope he's a decent guy. I, 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 I don't really get that impression. But, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's rein it back in here. We're still doing the housekeeping bit. Um, so the website's a little refreshed if you haven't been out there in a while. And then uh, the big call to action is the, the most consistent way I can reach people is via email. 
I haven't done an email blast in a while because I've been just kind of busy and, uh, bu you know, busy doing things behind the scenes and didn't really have anything I was too excited to share. Um, so now I've got a, a few pieces of content. I think I'll get an e-blast, an email blast out there in, uh, in the next week or so to uh, keep in touch with everybody and uh, promote that, that live video from last night's show. Um, what else? Housekeeping wise, I think that's pretty much it. I have um, some ambitious ideas of stuff to do, including releasing some original music, um, going back through old demos from this really kind of creative rubber meets the road period I had um, last year, um, kind of in the wintertime last year, I was recording a lot and out of you know, 17 demo ideas, I think there's five that I could release as, you know, standalone songs or, or you know, a compilation of songs that, that stand on their own. Um, so stuff that you may have heard already, but I'm going to go through and remix and remaster it and try to make it sound really sweet. Um, you know, overdub some parts if need be, but, but most of it is original recordings from a year ago. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised that those I might be able to use those. Since it's just five songs, I think I might do a free a free digital album or a free digital EP. I, I don't think five songs is enough to call it an album, but who knows these days, you know, content is just sort of as you go. Um, and then uh, maybe, you know, accept donations or set up a little tip jar or something. So give it away for free. You can grab it. Um, I might have you you know, share your email address with me or something like that. And then if you want to throw five bucks in the bucket, um, so be it. If you're insanely wealthy and you, you really love it and you want to give me $200 for five songs, uh, I won't stop you. It'll go towards the, uh, towards the mission and towards a good cause. Um, and then every once in a while towards a, uh, $6 bag of golf balls for me to go work on my golf game at the range. Um, being completely transparent there, some of, some of the money I make from music is spent on me enjoying life. Um, I think that's allowed. So, uh, <clears throat> this is funny. I, this podcast would have come out sooner because, um, I had recorded a podcast. I tried a little trial and error, throw some spaghetti on the wall. I recorded through my voice memos. Oh, there goes Mickey. Somebody's near the front door. There's another human or dog within like a hundred yards, so Mickey has to defend the house. Hey, Mickey, Mickey, come here, bud. I might pick him up just to get him to be quiet. Come here, buddy. Oh, good boy. There's Mickey the Chihuahua. Um. So uh, I, I I tried to record a podcast through voice memos on my phone while I was bike riding, and I went on a nice like half hour bike ride and you know, recorded for twenty minutes. And I got home and, and I listened to it and it was completely unusable. The audio is terrible. You can, it just sounds like the uh, microphone on my earbuds was like rubbing against my, my coat or, or, you know, my shirt and the wind is rushing past. So it's just live at Monday, And I knew that people wouldn't want to listen to that for longer than I just demonstrated it, which was a bummer because I had a really good podcast. It was really fun to do it on the bike. Um, 
I was just talking to myself and, you know, as I was passing people on the path, I was like, oh, hello, you know, and then go back to talking to myself and assuming they figured I was just talking to somebody on the phone. But um, some of the subject matter I was talking about, it was, it was probably pretty funny for people to, to hear the, you know, two seconds as I rode by um, of, of my end of a one man conversation. But uh, but yeah, so I got home and I was a little bummed. I was like, ah, that was all for naught. But I gave it a couple days and figured I would start recording again. It's been a while since I've done one of these. I think the last one was early January. So um, uh, nobody's been clamoring for them or, you know, knocking down my door saying, hey, when's the next podcast? And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I, I'm, this is a make it up as I go kind of situation. There's no set frequency. So, um, so at least for the start of 2018, we're, we're shooting for one, one a month or that's our, our rate so far, uh, one a month. So we'll see, you know, I, and it's not that I'm not working on music. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. I, I sat down at the computer a week and a half ago to do a podcast and I got busy actually working on music. So I think that's for the better. I'd rather podcast less, less and have more stuff to update and, and more music adventures and more music content to share. Um, but, uh, but I think podcasting is still pretty cool. I like giving this behind the scenes um, sort of glimpse into what it is for, for me to have this passion and pursuit. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we've been watching a lot of the Olympics. Uh, congrats to the women's U.S. hockey team who secured gold last night. That was awesome. I think one of the coolest things that I saw was uh, um, Sean White, the snowboarder, who's now like 33, I think. Um, and that's like the elder statesman on the half pipe. And he had a really great run and was in first place. And then somebody else came and had an even better run. It's you know, your best score out of three chances on the half pipe. And so he was bumped down into second place. And then on his third run, he he landed to uh, you know, 1440s, I think it is. It's like insane because I, I remember when I, I think 1080 used to be like, wow, he pulled off a 1080. And now they're doing 1440s, um, you know, a whole a whole nother rotation of 360 degrees. Right. Is that 360 times four? I think that's what it is. So four times around. And he nailed two of those back to back to to take the gold on his third run. And it was like, oh, man, that's so exciting. And there was great, you know, great buildup and great drama about his return to the half pipe and competition after getting a really bad injury where he smashed his face on the edge like the top edge of a half pipe and had to get all these stitches in his face and get helicoptered out and he was just all bloody and there's footage of it and uh, it looked like a terrible fall and just the balls on that guy to, to go back out there and do it knowing he could injure himself again but just having that competitive drive um and then something else that he said in one of his like uh, you know they they get footage of of him and, and interview him um ahead of the olympics he was like, you know, and I kind of had to get my life in order and have some balance to life and have other things to look forward to other than just snowboarding. And I sort of related to that from a, a music standpoint. I think um, if I've ever been upset with music, it's because it's usually because I let it become 
you know, the only thing that was important to me. And I lost my balance in other ways. Um, so it's always like I need to have my life in order and then also work hard at music to, to really feel like everything's firing on all cylinders and really clicking. I, uh, it, it scared me to the idea of pursuing music so aggressively that everything else in life fell away. And, um, you know, and there's probably years or, or, you know, little phases of my life where I was letting, you know, my ambition and, and pursuit of, of music, you know, sort of dominate. Um, and some of those are kind of tough spells to, to look back on, but, you know, it took that to sort of learn how to, how to get, you know, into balance and, and into a happy place with that. One of the things that was kind of frustrating and, and, and upsetting about that Sean White thing was um, after the fact, you know, he's having an interview and something comes up about him having to settle some sexual assault or sexual abuse um, situation with a, a former friend or, or, you know, bandmate. I guess he was in a band and um, I don't know the details of it very much, but it was... And then I guess he said, like, I'm here to talk about the Olympics, not about some gossip. And the media jumped on him for calling it gossip because of the, the, the Me Too movement and everything. And, you know, women need, rightfully so, women need their voices heard. Um, but it was just unfortunate that it tainted the moment. And, you know, whether or not what he did with that woman was right or wrong or, or how it all played out, you know, if he had just avoided that altogether, then it wouldn't have been there to taint his his comeback gold medal when he was 33 years old, right? So I feel like character matters. And in, the, in this moment of our society and in our culture, we're starting to see that we have enough like mental bandwidth and there's enough connected media and there's enough people you know that are going to dig through your closet and find any skeletons that character matters um you know and I think that's an encouraging thing I think everybody needs to have their own lives in order before they go try to be the best at something I think it's it's going to become less and less appealing as fans as we evolve and mature and into, you know, uh, further away from shit slinging monkeys and, and closer to, uh, you know, compassionate, uh, peace loving, um, integrated, productive global community. I, I think the, the closer we get to that, the less tolerance we'll have for people that are bad people, but excellent, like athletes or excellent actors. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of, we're seeing a little bit of that with the Me Too movement, you know, it's like certain comedians or actors or, you know, it's like their whole resume, their whole body of productive work or artistic work is like kind of tainted. Um, and it'll be curious to keep an eye on that to see if, you know, how willing are we as, as like the, the masses, sort of the public, um, the culture drivers in terms of people that are consuming things, you know, how, how willing are we to separate the art from the person or does character matter? And I think where this is especially in important in an interesting way is with business and how we spend our dollars. 
let alone politics. Like we'll, we'll leave that aside, but let's just think about as a consumer, you know, I go to work, I get my paycheck and thankfully because I'm in America, I, I have freedom to how I spend my money, you know, freedom to a certain degree, you know, uh, freedom is as much as the market has given me options. You know, I, I still kind of feel trapped in a, a cable contract or a cell phone contract, right? There's only so many people you can go with, with those, but um, you know, even those spaces, you see disruptors that are coming in and, and, you know, contract free situations or more, more sort of distributed networks rather than centralized networks. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, when it comes to spending your dollars, uh, so let's bring it to, let's zoom in. So that was pretty zoomed out. Let's zoom in. I'm a zoom in, zoom out kind of personality. I like to do both. I spent most of my 20s zoomed out and I need to spend more of my 30s zoomed in. So, for example, I've seen some stuff floating around on social media of the Jimmy John's founder. Uh, you know, that sub shop chain of you know franchise uh, subs, Jimmy John's. So fast you'll freak. Um, you know, smells are free. They got some some catchy things going on with their, uh, with their stores. And it's pretty convenient. And it was like a convenient lunch option, you know, back when I was, uh, not, you know, a little more loosey goosey with what I was eating for lunch and how much I was spending. Uh, now I'd, I'd rather eat something that's not going to make me fat and, and, uh, poor. Um, I'm looking for fit and, um, enriched, um, you know, actual value. But, uh, I used to get it quite frequently. I remember the first time I got it, because it wasn't where I where I was growing up, but it was at um, I was visiting a good buddy of mine. Um, speaking of old King Cole band members, I was I was visiting one of my band bandmates and a really really good friend um, at his college, and he you know it was late night and everybody was getting hungry, and it was like oh let's get some Jimmy Johns. I was like what's Jimmy Johns? So this is like you know a memorable experience, and and I enjoyed being a patron of Jimmy Johns. But now I'm seeing some stuff floating around on social media of their founder doing like big game hunting. And there's pictures of him, you know, posing with his trophy kills, uh, you know, big bears and, um, you know, elephants and just like big trophy hunting dude. I don't know, moose. Um, there's one where he's on a boat and it looks like there's like a, either a giant fish or it, it even kind of looks like a dolphin. Um, and he's naked on top of the dolphin. And I had to kind of zoom in on that one when I was looking at it online because I was like, wait, is he trying to have sexual relations with that blowhole? Cause that's weird, right? So, so a couple comments about this. One is the, I've, I've listened to a, a few hunters on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan speak about this on his podcast that not necessarily all big game hunting is bad. In fact, the way they kind of have it set up is that, you know, you, you can buy your hunting tags or your licenses to go out and hunt these specific animals to go kill them. And they're extremely expensive tags because it's a really highly prized, you know, rare um, animal to go kill. Um, and then all that money goes back into like the land management system or the park system, um, or the, you know, the local governmental authority, you know, in theory, in a, in a well-working system, 
I, th- I think that's how it's been explained um, or how I've heard it be explained that uh, that money goes back in and and oftentimes the animals that they will allow to be killed are you know, like be, becoming a menace uh, a menace a menace a menace they're becoming a menace they're becoming a menace uh, to the you know the rest of the herd or they're you know they're they're too aggressive and too dominating as an alpha and they're killing off other males of of an endangered species or they're getting too close to the town and starting to steal people's babies or whatever and somebody needs to go out there and put a bullet in that lion's head for the good of everybody and it's actually a net gain for the system as a whole while yeah it's brutal to to let a fat white man a fat, rich white man go down there with a high-powered rifle and uh, shoot a line in the head, you know, just for his uh, for his jollies. Yeah, I mean, that's there's there's sort of an an ethical question there whether or not that's like cool, but um, you know, it's more nuanced than just man, this guy kills animals. He's fucking evil, you know. And I think it's important in this moment in time for us to not be so quick to judge. Like, that's bad, right? We, we see something, we're like, that's bad. I disagree. That's bad. That's evil. He's the devil. Um, and actually look at the issue for what it is. Talk to the experts. Entertain and understand the nuances. And then, and then form your opinion. Um, but... Uh, to bring this back zoomed in again is like should should I is this wrong now I'm seeing this information on my like social media I'm just scrolling through and I'm seeing this should it should it drive my behavior to not go spend money at Jimmy John's um, is this guy uh, you know is he doing really nasty stuff um, and just sort of living this you know, rich, um, I've got nothing wrong with people becoming rich, but I, I want them to be good people still, right? I don't want bad people getting rich. Um, and I think there's a place in the market for us, you know, as consumers to, to take in that information. Um, I get a little bit pessimistic that something like that is scalable, um, you know, in this moment, you, you, you just have one side, you know, somebody will put that on social media and then one side of a group, you know, is going to be like, Oh my God, he's such a pig. Would you know, ban Jimmy John's like protest? Fuck Jimmy John's like, don't go eat there. Like, you know, um, and then, and then probably an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, if we apply some, f- you know, laws of physics, to uh, social engagement, you know, equal and opposite reaction of, uh, you know, hunters or, or, you know, rednecks or whatever, if you want to put some labels on it, um, that's not really my thing. But, you know, the other side going like, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. He pays a license for it and it goes to support the tags. And just because you're a hippie, liberal, like bleeding heart, vegan, you know, like, and then the name calling starts and then there's no middle ground. There's no nuance. There's no like, hey, let's just be conscious consumers. And, um, you know, but and then, you know, the 
the pessimism also comes from the fact that like that's one of the beauties of modern living in Western society in America is that you know there's this really convenient lunch option and for ten dollars you can get this like foot long turkey sub with lettuce and tomato and mayo and a little ham on there throw little peppers on there oh I'm getting hungry just thinking about it uh, get a little barbecue chips kettle corn barbecue chips are like my favorite snack um, and uh, and a and a diet and a nice nice cold fountain diet coke for under 10 bucks or you know right around 10 bucks and uh and you just go up to the drive through you order that you know and most of that money goes to the store owner but you know 45 cents of that 10 dollars maybe or i don't know what the what the actual number is but you know goes into this jimmy john's founder's account for him to go rent a boat at some point and go out in the caribbean and you know kill a dolphin and pull it on his boat and pull down his pants and fuck its blowhole so, you know, that's not cool. That's a, I don't want 45 cents of my dollar or, or of my $10. So, you know, 4.5 cents of, of my dollar spent at Jimmy John's going toward that end. That's not cool. I want my money going towards helping people not starve and have clean water and, you know, those, those, those hippy-dippy, like, pie-in-the-sky utopian ideas. No, that, that shit's real. Like, if we could track where our money goes as consumers, how interesting would that be? Like how much of my money that I've spent has ended up in some like crooked, crooked ass fat, rich white man's pockets that he goes and blows at the titty bar. You know, it's like, I don't know, maybe there's some percentage. There is absolutely some percentage of the money that I've spent. You know, I don't know if it's, um, you know, so <laughs> the, the, the executives of the grocery store that I shop at or the gas station that, that I, uh, you know, fill my car up at or who knows, you know, there's certain expenses that are just unavoidable. But, you know, once we get our thing, we don't care where the rest of our money goes, you know, it's like you, you pay for the gas or you pay for the groceries. But, you know, there's usually a profit margin in there somewhere and someone is getting wealthy off of it. And then either, you know, using that money to continue getting more and more, more and more and more and more wealthy. I heard recently, I'm going to, I'm going to screw this stat up, but, um, apparently like 30 of the most wealthy individuals on the planet right now have as much wealth as half of the world, the other, like half of the world's population, like 3.6 billion people or something. Now, wealth inequality is not necessarily bad in and of itself. Um, what I'd like to see is that, you know, everybody's getting clean, clean water, uh, enough food to eat, medical care, you know, basic standards of living. Um, so, you know, if, if there is going to be that sort of natural concentration of wealth, it's important to me how those people are spending that money. Um, I can point, again, I don't know much about this. I am way in over my head, I, <laughs> but uh, it strikes me that Bill Gates is one of those guys that, that at least he tries to give back a lot of his money towards worthy causes. You know, that guy is uber rich and uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or whatever. Hopefully, hopefully that's pretty legit um, or at least more legit than the Bill and Hillary Clinton Foundation from what I've heard about them. It's pretty much just a fucking storefront scam to, to enrich themselves. From what I've heard, I watch a little Fox News, believe it or not. I'm a hippy dippy liberal dude, but, uh, you know, with some pie in the sky utopian ideas. But every once in a while, you gotta, you gotta turn on the Hannity's and the Rush Limbaugh's of the world and hear what they're saying. 
Oh my God. Um, no, I, I, I don't spend too much time doing that. Um, I would rather build my life from the inside out and from the local on out. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Should I, should I buy sandwiches at Jimmy John's anymore? I don't know. Um, so I'm playing this vegan festival on Saturday and I'm not even vegan. Uh, I, I think they know that they didn't ask me. It's not a prerequisite to play, but I do want to be sensitive about it and not like roll up to the event eating a bacon, egg and cheese, you know, (laughs) um, and I also won't be singing songs about meat. Um, so cheeseburger in paradise, Jimmy Buffett, you're out, you're scratched from the song bank for that day. What else? Um, meat stick by fish. Won't be playing that song. Are there any songs with meat in them? One of my songs, I talk about food. I got a song that I, that I wrote called dirty cooking and I talk about cheese and chili and cheesecake, um, and grilled cheese. It's a cheesy song. Haha, <laughs> but don't ching, get it? Um, sometimes I think I'm way funnier than I am. Um, in fact, I might try to find a cool live version of that song and tap it on as as the end song today. A little dirty cooking to wrap up the podcast. Um but uh but yeah, so the it should be interesting vegan food festival. This is probably that festival where you go and they it's all the the chefs and the food trucks that have like mastered the art of cooking vegan and you go and you try everything you're like this is delicious and nutritious and like I feel great I don't feel like sluggish. This is another thing about eating that Jimmy John's meal that I described that I've I've eaten that meal like 50 times in my life. Um it it gives me phlegm immediately after eating it and uh and usually I need to nap. And, and usually about, you know, 12 to 16 hours later, it, it's, uh, it's nice, sturdy, um, little dumpling in, in the old, uh, the old porcelain, if you catch my drift. Um, so yeah, like that, this vegan festival, we're probably going to eat this delicious vegan stuff and oh my God, I didn't know they had vegan mac and cheese. This is delicious. How do they do that? There's a little Jim Gaffigan. How do they do that? There's... There's no milk in this cheese. Where did it come from? Um, that's fun to do. Uh, so we'll go and, and then, you know, we'll come back and we'll probably see like, I don't know, posters of little baby cows getting slaughtered or something. Ugh. Or like the, the nasty chicken farms where they're just stacked up on each other and the ones at the bottom get pooped on. Factory farming and all that like, you know, ethically questionable, um, you know, food production. Um, pretty soon we're going to be eating meat made out, made in the lab, right? They're just going to like do something in a Petri dish and grow a filet mignon, right? I think that's where we're heading, which is great because this farm factory farming just seems really gnarly. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have all this great vegan food and we're going to come back all inspired. Like we should eat less meat. And then, you know, but at home, like we're not that creative and we're not that good cook. So it'll just end up me be like eating an apple and a couple almonds. And, and then I'll get really bored with it really fast. And I'll be like, I miss my, you know, fill in the blank meat, my ham sandwich. I miss my turkey. I miss my cheeseburger. Um, we'll see. Um, we'll see what I learn. Maybe that can be something I report on, on the next podcast. Maybe next podcast I'll say, oh, and by the way, I'm vegan now. 
We'll see. We'll see how persuasive they are. Whenever anyone's trying to persuade me one way, I immediately get defensive and start leaning the other way. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, I will be glad to go play it. And I'm going in with an open mind. Um, if anybody from that event listens to this, I hope I hope you're not offended. I am going in with an open mind. Hey, I said factory farming's like not cool. So I'm, I'm on board. Now, what, what about if, if it's a lab-grown steak? That's the question, right? Ask a vegan, hey, if this steak was grown in the lab with no suffering involved, except for like the lab technician who doesn't really love their job, but they have to go do it anyway, and they're like, oh, I'm just making steak because it pays the bills. There's the suffering. There's suffering everywhere. Um, ah, that's, that's not a happy thought. No, I had a great gig last night. Go check out the second set. I really, really had a good gig. There was really nice people at the gig last night. It was not a not a crazy crowd, but the folks that were there were music lovers. This uh, this one guy and gal towards the end of my first set bought me a drink, and I appreciated that. And I said, "Hey, you know, do you guys uh, what what do you guys like to hear?" And the guy goes, "You know, any Dave Matthews?" And I was like, "Dude, I like he was the reason I picked up guitar." And he goes, "Yeah, I could tell." And I was like, "Awesome." So I, I was like, man, I, what should I play? And he was like, well, what do you have in the repertoire? I said, I've been playing that song Stay a lot recently. He was like, oh, yeah, go for it. Perfect. So I played that one. And I played a couple more. Him and his girlfriend or, or wife were hanging out for a little while. And then they had to go. And uh, as I saw them start, you know, start getting ready, um, paying their tab and stuff. That's one thing people don't probably realize is that I'm performing and I'm, I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. But I also look around the room. And I see kind of what's going on. I can tell when people are paying their, their tab or when they're getting their fourth drink or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's fun to keep tabs on a room over the course of several hours. But, yeah, these this guy and gal were wrapping up their night. And I was like, hey, uh, before you guys get out of here, I'll play one more Dave tune. So I played Granny, a um, little rarity um, to, to play. I, I don't think too many people are playing Granny out and about. I could, I, I would love to entertain the idea of having a Dave Matthews tribute band, find a badass drummer and a sax and a fiddle and bass player and drummer. I almost got one off the ground back in Baltimore. We like, I, I had everybody lined up and I think we were like getting ready to coordinate our first rehearsal and then it fell, fell apart. But, uh, as much as I shit on cover bands and tribute bands, that's one that I could really get behind just cause I love playing Dave Matthews songs and um, although my voice is I've lost a little bit of range over the last few years so I don't know if I could do all those those Dave vocals justice anymore I don't know if I ever was it was probably you know I was I was singing it because it was fun for me and I could hear in my head a mix of what it actually sounded like me singing it and then in my imagination Dave Matthews singing it and then that's what I interpreted in my brain so I probably didn't sound quite as good as I had hoped. Um, sometimes I get nervous that that's the reality. It, you know, just when I'm singing my own songs, I'm like, is does this sound as good as I think it does? I don't know, because sometimes when I'm playing by myself, I'm I'm hearing bass and drums and and uh, symphonies, you know, <laughs> playing along with me. But uh, but yeah, so I got to play some Dave Matthews for that guy. There was, and then later on in the evening, there was another. A dude at the edge of the bar and you can hear him on the recording in the second set recording that I released you can hear him go like way to go Garrett and I was like I, I got confused because I looked up at him and 
the way he said it just sounded so friendly and familiar, but I didn't recognize his face. And uh, so I kind of give him like a little sideways glance and he, and then he points to my little sign that I have set up where I've got, you know, my little, my briefcase for tips and to sell CDs out of. And it's got a little poster that says Garrett Anderson. And I was like, oh, that's how he knows my name. But he just had this cool, like friendly, assuming vibe about him where he was just like, way to go, Garrett. And I was jamming and he was like, yeah, keep it up, Garrett. Like he was great. He was like just giving me like cheers in the middle of songs and it was really inspirational I was like this guy knows what's up like he was the kind of guy that if if it was a band and you know after the piano player took a solo he would like clap even though the song's not over you give a little shout out to the person that just took lead for a while right it's kind of like that's the jazz vibe in the jazz vibe they'll start a song they'll play the head and then everybody will rotate through solos and after everybody's solo the crowd kind of claps politely um and that's like the etiquette of it. I mean, in, you should be moved to clap because you're, you're, you, you appreciate the music and the music was cool. So, you know, I'm not saying you should ever clap if you don't feel like clapping, if you're not moved to clap. But uh, this guy was, he was cheering me on and his wife was cool too. He, uh, he saw my harmonicas. He was like, hey, would you do a little, maybe like a little Billy Joel piano man? And his wife was like, no, that's too sad. It's too lonely of a song. I don't want to hear that. I was like, oh, she gets veto authority. Um, and, uh, but then she was, she requested something. Um, oh yeah, she requested Mary Jane's Last Dance. So I got to do that for her. And uh, yeah, just one of those nights where, just like it felt really right. And it put me in a great mood today. Um, you know, doing laundry and dishes and getting my kids out the door to school. Like everything just felt really groovy because I got to go do that last night. And uh, it's it's a real blessing for me to have that outlet. Um, so, yeah, enough of me rambling. I hope this was fun. Um, and uh, everybody do your research and figure out if we should uh, should or should not be patronizing jimmy johns um (laughs) or what's the the other one uh chick-fil-a is like homophobic so we shouldn't be patronizing chick-fil-a wasn't there a day when like all like a bunch of gay people went into chick-fil-a and started like making out in the store (laughs) oh my god what a weird time this is you could not make this stuff up real life is is so interesting Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, on that note, uh, have a good uh, week or day. Um, We'll both have a good day and then have a good week and have a good month and a good year and a good life. Um, I don't know. I I can't figure out a way to get out of this. So I'll just say uh, peace and love. Um, Oh, that reminds me. I got um, Martin Sexton tickets. He's coming through to Phoenix uh, playing the Musical Instrument Museum. So I'm going to go get to see one of my favorite, favorite live solo performers huge influence of mine the reason I play the a6 Godin guitar um, and uh, and also one of those guys that when I sing his songs I probably hear my voice plus my imagination of him singing it my memory of him singing it and it probably doesn't sound quite as cool as I hope but um, yeah, no I'm, I'm kind of teasing I'm I'm pretty good at, at being at peace with with how I sound as long as I practice. I got to practice and sound good and sound confident and then relax. So first it's practice, challenge yourself, stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone and then rein it in just like 80%, you know, do 80% of what you practice. So that way it's in your, your comfort zone and then it's a good delivery. 
Um, it was stressful last night to have that that record button on of the Facebook Live video because I was just like, oh shit, I'm like broadcasting this and I, I'm going to use it later. So up in my head, while I'm also like watching people pay their tab or get their fourth or fifth drink, um, at the end of the night, some guys were talking about what a thought is. They were having a conversation about, well, what is a thought though? And I was like, those guys are high. <laughs> um, or uh, or Sam Harris fans, one way or the other. Um, no, but... Uh, okay, so peace. Um, peace and love be with us all. Um, find the nuance. Don't be so quick to judge. Point a finger back at yourself. Build your community from the inside out. Uh, but don't take my word for it because I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just a dude. Uh, live it for yourself. Um, sorry, I, I don't mean to be preachy. Or maybe I do. I don't know. And uh, maybe I'll see you at the Phoenix Vegan Food Festival on Saturday. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with everybody later. Peace.